What's up and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Digest. Tatum, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Today's been kind of, I don't know, trying to get my ducks in a row type of day. I feel like I had a really busy start to my week and so today's kind of felt like a Monday for me almost. Like I had a really busy Monday and Tuesday and now I feel like I'm starting my week all over again. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this week has felt weird. I know that you in Texas have like very nice weather, but in Seattle, it is officially fall and the dark weather just makes like every day feel like a Sunday and a Monday. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been seeing people wearing like parkas. Yeah. Literal parkas. And I'm like, wait, is it that cold in Seattle already? That's crazy. Yeah. It's still like eighties here. That is so annoying, honestly. Yeah. Good for you, but annoying. But it is like rainy, so it's like humid and sticky outside, which is not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought we could start this podcast episode off with a little bit of gratitude. So Tatum, what is one thing today can be anything that you are feeling especially thankful for? Hmm. I would have to say one thing that I'm especially thankful for today. This is going to sound so random. It's clean water because Mm -hmm. I say this because so at our house, we use like those, um, big, like five gallon jug things of purified water. Cause we have one of those water dispensers and we just take it and like refill it at the little station. Um, and we ran out and whenever we run out, like if I don't have time to go get new water, I have to drink out of the tap. (laughs) Sounds like a first world problem. It is a first world problem. Um, but I forget, first of all, how bad tap water taste and to like when I boil water for my coffee, it mm-hmm. like makes my coffee taste super, super weird. So oh. just reminded me today that I'm thankful for access to clean water because it makes all the difference. I love that. Um, I think my thing I'm thankful for is also kind of a weird thing, but something that I have found a growing appreciation for is books. Mm -hmm. I feel like in my free time I used to, and I mean, I still do somewhat like go on social media, text Tatum, um, just like do kind of like random things, especially the social media part. But lately during my free time, like when there's a down moment at work or I don't know what to do and I feel kind of bored, I've been getting books in my iBooks and reading constantly. And I feel like it is just so relaxing, such a good, um, such a good allocation of my time, like learning, reading. And I kind of forgot, like, especially in like the college period, like how amazing reading and books can make you feel. So I'm very thankful to have found that appreciation again. Yeah. I, I feel that I read a lot for my master's program. Like I read a lot, mostly like textbooks and stuff, but they're actually pretty interesting. Um, and like research articles and things like that. And so I feel like I've kind of lost my, I've kind of lost my passion for like fun mm-hmm. reading because I read all day long for like yeah. research. And so like at the end of the day, I'm like, I have so many fun books I want to read, but I don't like feel like using the brain power to like sit down and read a book. But growing up, I like loved, loved reading. I still love reading, but, um, that's something that I'm excited to get back into is like reading for fun. Um, kind of once I'm done doing it so much for school. Yeah. I forget that when you are like kind of forced to read so often that it takes a little bit of the pleasure away from it. Yeah. That's with anything I feel like. 
Yeah. Well, (laughs) us doing that little gratitude situation is a good reminder for everybody listening to pick things you are thankful for every day to say out loud, write in your journal, just think about there's so many studies and science and so many things behind how shifting to more of a gratitude mindset can actually change your body, make you happier, all the good things. So take a moment to be thankful if you are listening to this. Yes, that was a good one. So today we are going to be chatting about an amazing topic, the birth control pill. Um, Just to start off a big disclaimer, as you obviously know, Tatum and I are not doctors. So we're just going to be laying out the facts that we know about birth control, the pill specifically with our information, our research, how it affects your body and why we both choose to prevent pregnancy in alternative ways. So Tatum and I both went off birth control because it wasn't doing great things for our body. And we learned um, kind of the science behind it and how we are just not really taught the information that birth control does have side effects. So I personally have been on the pill or had been on the pill. I think I've been off of the pill for over a year now, but I was on the pill since I was like 16. So do the math. That's a long freaking time. And I was also on the arm insert. I don't even know what that's called the arm bar. Um, and so I was on different birth controls because I would switch them because I would get moody and sad. And so my doctor would be like, Oh, let's just switch up your birth control. Um, so I went on birth control strictly for pregnancy prevention and not for any underlying symptoms, even though I think I probably did have underlying symptoms that just wasn't initially what got me into the doctor. But that is a little bit of a backstory on my situation. I was on birth control for a very long time and have now been off for a year. Yeah, I um, have been off the pill now for almost two years. Um, and ultimately my decision to stop taking it was pretty much the same as live. I started reading about the long-term effects. Um, and again, just like you, I also felt like it was causing me to have like kind of uncontrollable mood swings. Um, I actually got, I started my first method of birth control that I ever started was the shot, which go ahead shake your head at me because <laughs> that is like the worst of all forms. I feel like people say, and I didn't know that at a young age. And I actually, this is something I wanted to talk about briefly, but, um, I actually like went behind my parents back and went to a doctor and got it because I was like, so terrified to tell my parents I wanted to be on birth control. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to pick something that like they wouldn't necessarily be able to like catch me doing. Um, and I knew that like the pill was like, you know, a physical object that they could like find or whatever. So I ended up doing that. And like, my mom was like, so frustrated at me, obviously one, because I went behind their back, but two, because I didn't have the conversation with them about like choosing a smart form of birth control and weighing your options and that kind of thing. Um, And in the end, I'm sure, I mean, I think I was on the shot for like, I don't remember how long it was before I went off, but enough to, enough to possibly have given me some side effects that I wasn't necessarily aware of. So, um, then I went on the pill, I think I was 19, maybe when I went on the birth control pill and again, just really impacted my mood. 
huge mood swings, roller coaster emotions, that type of thing. And I just really wanted to take back control of my own emotions and mood. And within the first year of going off the pill, I felt like I kind of got that like ability to regulate my emotions back in, in some sense anyway. Yeah. Did you know, like when you were going to go on birth control or just when you're like in that young phase, like 15, 16, whenever I feel like girls are going on birth control, did you know that it was an option to not get pregnant and not go on birth control? Because I had no idea Mm -hmm. that you did not have to take the pill. Yeah. So I was going to ask you that same question. Kind of, I was going to ask you, um, when did you first, when did you first like learn about what it actually takes to get pregnant? Like, when do you think you fully understood the concept of pregnancy and how it works? How old were you? A year or two ago. I feel like until you went off birth control, because we had conversations about it, that like, we actually talked about like, oh, you can only get pregnant a few days a month. I thought that every day I was fertile myrtle. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I... <laughs> exactly. That is exactly why I was like so terrified to tell my parents I wanted to go on birth control because I I I was so terrified of of getting pregnant. I thought literally if I looked at a boy, he was going to get me pregnant. Like I just <laughs> it was literally like this such an irrational fear of getting pregnant because that's what we're taught growing up is like God forbid you get pregnant early or before you're married or all this stuff. And so you're just like, so terrified of that happening to you. And you'll like go to great lengths to make sure that it doesn't happen. And unfortunately we're taught that going on birth control is the only way to prevent that. Um, and that's not, that's not true. So uh, yes, to answer your first question, um, I mean, no, I did not, I did not know that that, that there were other options at all. Yeah. Same, which I think is kind of wild, not kind of wild. It's extremely wild that that's not put in women's education. And the other thing that I was curious about is when you got prescribed birth control or first got the shot, did they lay out any of the side effects to you or just literally like slap a shot and do you slap a pill on you and say like, you're good to go? No, they, they didn't explain the side effects at all. And one of the things that was so frustrating, I'm sure to my parents was that they knew I was doing this like on my own at age 17, going to the doctor and getting on birth control without consulting my parents at all. Um, and even then they didn't explain the side effects to me. Like it was just Mm -hmm. kind of, you would think that, uh, when you're dealing with such a young mind, you would at least want to inform them about what they're getting ready to do. Um, especially if they have not consulted someone older than them who has maybe gone through this process before. I mm-hmm. don't know. It just seemed like kind of a messed up process to me, but obviously yeah. I didn't see that at the time, but no, they, no, I wasn't, nothing was explained to me. Ever. Yeah. And if you are listening to this and you are currently on birth control, whether it's IUD pill shot, this is absolutely not to shame you because we were clearly both yeah. on birth control for a very extended mm-hmm. period of time. This is just educational to understand that one, there are other options and two, there are side effects to taking a pill for a very long amount of time. If you are on birth control right now, the next time you get your pack open up mm-hmm. the little pamphlet that they give you the hundred page one. Yeah. And go look if you can <laughs> even find it because it's probably written so small. 
um, go look and see, they literally write out all the side effects and contraindications and everything. Um, but who wants to take the time to read that? And if they're not verbalizing it to you, Mm -hmm. how the heck are we supposed to know? Yeah. Yeah. And like Liv said, we both have totally been there before because I can definitely say that like, especially in college and stuff, it was so much easier to just take a pill, not have to worry about it, not have to think about it than it was to like not be on the pill and like do all these extra things to make sure I wasn't going to get pregnant and what, whatnot. Um, so I, like, I get it and absolutely 100% reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. So some birth control facts, we'll start off with that. First off birth control has done absolutely amazing things for women in regards to helping prevent pregnancy, just to give birth control much credit. It has given women so much more autonomy over their body and, um, the ability to choose, no, I don't want to get pregnant in certain situations. So that part and aspect of, um, birth control, I think is so amazing that we have the choice to protect our bodies from getting pregnant. So first of all, just to say that, um, but as we have progressed our world so much with science, knowing how things affect our body, birth control has not progressed. Birth control is still the same synthetic hormones that it used to be years ago. And so you'd think as we're learning all this information with birth control, how it's affecting our bodies, our hormones, that we would maybe adopt some new science behind it, rebuild these pills to make them not have the awful side effects. Well, no, that is absolutely not what is happening. So like I just said, birth control is awesome because it gives you choice and autonomy over your body, which is vital, but we should be able to have that choice without all the side effects. Like we're basically placed in a decision that's take all this responsibility at a young age and try not to get pregnant being off birth control or get on birth control, prevent pregnancy, but have all these awful side effects. And like, no, why do we have to choose that? Why do we have to have like the lesser of two evils basically? So we are here to let you know that the pill, the IUD, the shot isn't your only option. And I'll just be honest. The other option is more responsibility. Um, doing what Tatum will describe later, mm-hmm. the fertility awareness method. It is, it takes time and it is a lot more responsibility and it is harder than just taking a pill every day, but it also gives you so much more control over your body. Yeah. And it helps you get more in tune with your body and its natural cycles too, because as we'll get into later, synthetic forms of birth control don't allow for a natural cycle to actually be occurring. So you don't even really know what that feels like or what that looks like in your own body until you read it. Um, And so those alternative forms kind of also help you just kind of learn what is normal for your body, which I think is really important. Yeah. And going off of that, women have had periods and hormonal cycles for all of existence. So to shut something like that off, like almost now so much raises a red flag to me, like that is a natural process that is supposed to happen. Why are we trying to shut off our natural processes? Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick question for people to think about (laughs) asking Um, for a friend, (laughs) asking for a friend, but something else to point out is that not everybody is in the situation of Tatum and I, where they got on birth control to prevent pregnancy. 
a lot of women actually get on birth control to cover up and suppress symptoms, whether that be painful periods, acne, heavy periods, um, period pain, or just pain in general, um, PCOS, endometriosis. Um, I know a lot of people who have had super heavy periods indicating, okay, I have a hormonal imbalance, probably should look at root causes. They go to a doctor. The doctor says, oh, just get on birth control, get on a different pill of birth control. Um, when it's very clear that those are signs of hormonal imbalances. And although birth control probably will suppress those symptoms and make it so you're not feeling those once you get off birth control, let's say, because you want to have a baby, um, those symptoms are going to come back 10 times harder. So again, we talked about in a past episode, the difference between a band-aid approach and a root cause approach. When you are experiencing painful periods, PCOS, whatever hormonal symptom it is, you need to look at the root cause of why that is happening instead of just slapping a bandaid on it like birth control, because the bandaid will only work for so long. Yeah. Another quick question I have asking for a friend is <laughs> why are we throwing pills at women of all ages? And why is it expected of us to take this pill? Like, I think this may be a little bit, I don't think it's controversial. It's mainly women listening to this podcast as well, but there's this whole like idea around like men, why don't men have birth control? And Mm. I'm pretty sure I read that in like a study or whatever, they put men on birth control, but men started to experience the symptoms that women do of being moody of dysregulation. And so they were like, F no, we're not taking this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't get me started. So just another thing, there are more options. If they want to slap some pills on us, I say, we let the the men try our birth control out and see how they feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to reiterate that a little bit of a rant, but birth control again is a bandaid to our period and hormone problems. It doesn't deal with the root cause. It just masks your symptoms until your body gets so imbalanced that you get the symptoms anyway on birth control, or you go off birth control. And then the symptoms come 10 times harder than they were before. So that is just kind of laying the foundation for birth control and some facts about it. Now to dive into how it actually works. Again, we are not doctors. I do nutrition. Tatum knows a lot about health and wellness. This is just the information that we have found. Um, So how does a birth control pill work? When we take the pill, we are taking synthetic, which means made up, not real hormones. These synthetic hormones go into our bodies and shut down our natural hormones and stop ovulation. So it basically, the birth control pill shuts down communication between our brain and our ovaries. First off, red flag, whoa, why would we want to shut down our body's natural normal processes like I just said? Um, And why aren't we told that we don't need to shut down the process of ovulation to not get pregnant? Can I also say too, another red flag, the way the pill works was also never described to me. Did, did anyone ever, did your doctor tell you this is how this pill works? And this is like, this is why it works. This is what it does in your body. And this is how it works to not to make you sure you don't get pregnant. I didn't even know what ovulation estrogen. I didn't know what, I didn't even know what was, what anything was in regards to hormones. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, and I feel like I didn't, like I said, I didn't learn any of this. I didn't even learn how the actual pill was working inside my body until I want to say like 
college, like maybe a couple months before I ended up going off of it. Like I was on it for like a year and a half before I even knew how it was even working. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that this episode, even though again, not to doctors, we can provide a little bit of a 101 of what birth control does. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, you shouldn't have to be a doctor to understand this information. You shouldn't yeah. have to be a doctor to have access to this information. This should be something that every single woman knows regardless. Yeah. This does not need to be doctor only information, just a side note. So that's very true. Go on. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so going on about how birth control works on birth control, you have no sex hormones of your own. This is why, um, people can have such complications coming off birth control because your body says, what the heck, how do I even produce hormones anymore? How do I ovulate? Like what are hormones is literally what your body is saying, because it has been deprived of, um, producing those natural hormones. So all in all, the first way the pill works to recap is that it shuts off communication from your brain to your ovaries, which needs to happen. That's a normal process. And it doses you with synthetic hormones. So you're actually not even making your own hormones. So most pills, I don't know, is that, did you have like a withdrawal bleed when you took the shot? Yes. Okay. That was a side note. Um, just because I know that some IUDs, you have a period, some, they suppress it for multiple months. There's like uh-huh. multiple different things, but yeah. on birth control, when you have like your, you're taking the sugar pills, um, mm-hmm. that is not a real period. You are not because right. a period only happens after you've ovulated and on birth control, you're not ovulating. So we think we're having these periods. Our bodies are having our natural, normal periods. No, it is a withdrawal withdrawal from the hormones that you are taking. You stop taking the hormones, your body starts bleeding. So just so you know, if you're on birth control, the week you have your period, it is a fake period. It is a withdrawal bleed is what it's called. Mm. I just like totally forgot about that part. Mm -hmm. I just like that. uh, Yeah. You just reminded me of how that works because I totally forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like people think like, I thought like, wow, I I have my period Mm -hmm. every certain day. I have my period every month. Like, yeah, look at how normal I am. No, it's fake. It is all (laughs) fake. Um, so we really need to, and this is basic knowledge. We really need to have our own hormones for our natural body function. Our hormones are the basis for everything. They're normal. We need to have hormones. So when we are taking a pill that God only knows what is really in this pill, if you open up the thing and read all the information, um, we're taking a pill that is shutting off basically one of the most vital things to our bodies, especially women, because we are made and bred to have babies, um, and have periods and have these normal processes. So if you are kind of tracking along with all this jibber jabber I'm putting out birth control shuts down a vital process, which is your hormones. And okay. Quick question. And I don't know if you know the answer to this, but one, I think one thing that I have, like, I have this like misconception about hormones. When I hear the word hormones, I think like sex hormones, that's where my mind immediately goes, but we obviously have so many other hormones that mm-hmm. our body releases and regulates and whatnot. Does the birth control pill 
like dysregulate those hormones as well? Or is it like, do you know what I'm trying to ask here? Yeah. My initial thought is yes, because everything in our body is connected. connected. So hormones are basically chemicals that little chemical messengers Mm -hmm. that coordinate a bunch of different functions in our body. They basically take messages, they're messengers from our blood to our organs, to our systems, to whatever. So let's say birth control shuts down your um, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, then you don't literally have those hormones talking to each other. So then it's a whole cascade type Mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. That that makes total sense because that's why you experience so many like mood issues, mood swings Mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm sure it messes with other hormones that have to deal with like your mental well-being as well. So yes, absolutely. So that is a quick recap of how the pill actually works, but what effects does the pill have on your body? Again, this is not to scare anybody. But these are just the things that if you read through your long list of um, disclaimers on your birth control pills that you would be able to see, and I'm just going to give it to you in a much more digestible way. So the first thing is that the pill depletes your micronutrients specifically, but not limited to (laughs) (laughs) folate, B6, zinc, selenium, phosphorus, magnesium, CoQ10. All of these are necessary for many processes, especially metabolic health. Um, Something that I learned in my nutrition program is how essential um, minerals and nutrients are for your body. If you don't, if you are missing these minerals and nutrients, not only are your hormones off, your digestion is off, your sleep is off, your mood is off, everything is off. So we are taking every single day because birth control, you take the pill every day something that depletes us of necessary micronutrients to live. So first depletes important micronutrients. If you noticed one of those is zinc. And I know that like zinc, most people know about zinc because it is great for your gut. Your gut actually needs it for the lining to create stomach acid. It is also essential for immunity. A lot of people take zinc during the winter when it's cold and flu season. So birth control depletes our storages of zinc. Second thing, second effect pill has on the body is, and this is also well-known and documented. I'm not just pulling this out of left field is that it increases our risk of cervical and breast cancer. Another thing is that it increases stress in our bodies. When our bodies are not allowed to have their natural functions, that's obviously going to create stress. And we've also talked about how stress is the basis of pretty much all sickness, disease, and issues. If your body is stressed out, it's only focused on tending to that stressed out area or situation. So it can't perform its other processes. So all in all birth control just stresses out our bodies. It also induces something called estrogen dominance. Estrogen is a great hormone. It is the thing that kind of makes us feel like as women, when we're off the pill and we're in our normal cycles, like very lively, makes you feel good about yourself, makes your skin bouncy. Um, It's a great hormone, but too much of it, a dominance of it can contribute to a lot of problems, um, specifically in PCOS, which not going to dive too deep into that, but those are things like heavy period acne, odd hair growth. Um, and a lot of women struggle with PCOS, which is an estrogen dominance basis. So the pill actually induces estrogen dominance, which a lot of people go on the pill for PCOS 
yet it only covers up your symptoms. And then when you go off the pill, your PCOS comes back even stronger. So kind of a little bit mind boggling, but the point is it induces estrogen dominance. Another thing that I think is one of the main symptoms that people are aware of because, um, it is just getting talked about a lot more is that it increases our risk for blood clots, which, um, I think there are, I hope I'm not speaking like out of context, but I think there are certain maybe pills or maybe the shot or IUD. There's kind of certain types of birth control and hormone amounts that maybe make us more prone to blood clots, but it is known that birth control use, there's an increased correlation with blood clots as well as ulcerative colitis, IBS and autoimmune issues. So obviously when you hear IBS autoimmune issues, I'm thinking gut. So birth control does affect our gut. And now I'm going to dive into even more on how it affects our gut birth control. Actually the pill slows our intestinal motility. We need to go to the bathroom. We've stated this before. You need to be going to the bathroom, evacuating one to four times a day to be healthy. When that is slowed down, our intestines aren't moving and sweeping, um, like they're supposed to do. They're not doing their job to get rid of debris and bacteria that is in your gut and intestines. So this creates a buildup of bacteria of debris and basically a perfect environment for bad bugs and things to thrive. So constipation, gas, bloating, and then it can even build up to things like SIBO and IBS and a lot of digestive discomfort. Um, another thing birth control does is it really impacts our gut flora, which we've also talked about how important it is when our gut flora is impacted. That means our microbiome is being impacted. The good bugs are going away and the bad bugs are multiplying. This inhibits our body's ability to detoxify, which then shows in our skin, our mood, our energy, our weight, this messes with our immune system. And we know that like 70% of our immune system lies within our gut. So by taking birth control, we are really hitting our gut hard. And we already know that there's so many other things in life, like the foods we eat, the stress we encounter that are impacting our gut. So birth control is basically just adding more droplets to your bucket, which we talked about, um, the rain barrel effect, and it's just stressing out your body, your gut, your hormones, so significantly. So those are the main, I'm sure there's a bunch more that we missed. Um, but those are kind of the main effects that I know that are not so amazing that birth control has on your body. That is quite concerning. These are all things that I generally knew, but, um, it's just like, I, I just don't understand how all of this can just go unsaid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe somebody who doesn't know as much about like, um, your body, the gut, those type of things, hearing those, um, side effects, you're like, okay, it depletes my micronutrients. Okay. I won't go to the bathroom as much like, okay, what's the big deal. These little things add up and we have found through so much research that people have been doing lately, how our gut is really the basis of our health and things that are negatively impacting our gut basically breed and grow disease. So yes, these might seem like little side effects, but they build up, especially if you're taking it for six, seven years, like I was, um, 
and they do really affect your body. So yes, they seem little, but these are actually any side effect I think is serious enough to consider and factor into your choices. Yeah, for sure. And like everything we say on this podcast, like our goal is just to provide the information and you obviously have the ability to make your own decisions about what you're going to do with it. So again, this is not like telling anybody that they need to go off the birth control pill or anything like that. Um, one thing I do want to say is we should all be very grateful that we even have the option to Mm -hmm. choose between so many types of birth control and the freedom to choose whichever type we would like. Um, so I just wanted to mention that because that is huge and you should absolutely exercise your right to, to choose. But, um, the point here is just to provide the information because apparently nobody else, nobody else will. And it's not that easy to access, um, as it should be. Exactly. So now moving (laughs) on to what can you do if you're like, oh crap, I didn't know this about birth control. I would love to find uh, another option. We are here to tell you about, and this is just going to be a brief overview um, of the fertility awareness method, which is an alternative comprehensive method that you can use to prevent pregnancy, get more in tune with your body without taking the pill. And before Tatum dives into it, Well, Tatum, can you, maybe, you know, this better than me. Can you explain that we are not fertile every single day of the month and like what days we are? And yeah, well, first of all, not every single woman ovulates every single month. So there's that, um, you might not even be ovulating every month. And in case you did not know this, because at one point I didn't, you have to ovulate in order to get pregnant. You have to release an egg. That is what ovulation is. Again, the fact that I'm having to say this and admit that I did not know this until I was 20 something is really sad, but that is the reality of the situation. So to kind of explain and just reiterate, there really are only a couple days of the month assuming that you're ovulating every month, um, where you are fertile enough to get pregnant. So basically when you release an egg from your ovaries into your fallopian tubes, the egg can only survive without being fertilized for about like 24 hours. So sperm on the other hand can survive for, I think it's like up to five days, Um, so sperm can survive much longer than an egg can. So basically sperm only has that 24 hour window to reach the egg in order to fertilize it before it's no longer able to be fertilized. I don't know what you would necessarily call it, what the technical term would be, but an egg is only good for 24 hours. Basically it's It's only good (laughs) (laughs) and then it spoils rotten egg, whatever. Um, So that was one thing that I did not know, because that basically means that you only have a very short window of time in the month where you can actually physically get pregnant. Um, And so that alone relieved a lot of my like anxiety and fear around the fact that like literally anytime I looked at a boy, touched a boy Mm -hmm. in any type of way, I was going to immediately get pregnant. So um, there's that, but the fertility awareness method, basically what it does is it's a form of natural birth control where you track signs of fertility in order to predict and confirm when ovulation is going to happen. And that helps you identify your fertile window. And this can be used um, 
to prevent pregnancy. It can even be used to plan pregnancy, obviously, if you want to know when you're ovulating, so you know when to try. And it can also help a lot of women track their cycles postpartum to kind of know when they're starting to return to normal. So it's not just used to prevent pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, It can really be used in any situation just to start to get a better feel for what a normal cycle looks like for you. Um, And basically what it does is it tracks, well, to, to completely do the fertility awareness method, you would track your basal body temperature, which is your body temperature to two decimal points. You also would track your cervical mucus slash position, and then also your luteinizing hormone, um, which you do by kind of like a pregnancy test, you pee on a little strip and it tells you, um, if your LH levels are high enough to indicate ovulation. So live, you use fam. I use fam. Um, me personally, I just track my BBT and my cervical mucus quality. I don't know which, which of those three do you use? Yeah. Same as you. I have, we were just talking about this earlier. I have the luteinizing hormone strips, but I just, to be completely honest right now, I just haven't been concerned about it. And so I haven't been using them, but I think that just having like, okay, when you're taking the pill, you have one surefire thing. When you're doing the fertility awareness method, you want to be combining these things, um, to just like really make sure that you are in tune with your body. And if I am correct, your luteinizing hormone spikes when you've ovulated or when you're ovulating, or do you know? Um, it's high. It's, it's at its highest point. Um, when you ovulate. Yeah. Okay. So basically with your body temperature, there's a certain range that can tell you basically, or help you understand when you're ovulating, your cervical mucus is going to be different when you're ovulating versus when you're not your cervical position will also be different. And then your luteinizing hormone will be high. So there's Mm -hmm. three components, kind of four components to this that can help you say, okay, I am going to be ovulating or okay. Mm -hmm. I ovulated. I'm good now, but it basically, the goal is to give you basically a map and a track of your body to say, okay, these six days, I better be careful if I am sexually active because I could get pregnant. It gives you kind of a map of what your days are, where you need to like kind of have a red flag alert up if you are not trying to conceive a child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, the very, the first, the first component is your basal body temperature. So literally you take your temperature with a thermometer live and I have, um, it's called the femometer with an F, um, and it connects to an app on your phone. So you take your temperature every morning. You're supposed to do it first thing when you wake up. So before you even get out of bed, before you drink or eat anything, because that can change your basal body temperature. Um, and it also changes, I believe like every like 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to try to do it like at the same time every morning, if you can, but right when you wake up in the morning, you take your temperature. Um, if you have the app, it'll connect right to your phone. You could do this by hand if you wanted to, but that makes it much easier to just sync to your phone. And then it also creates this little like graph chart for you that shows you what your temperatures are doing and it'll change colors when it suspects that you're about to ovulate and that kind of thing. So it's really cool. But, um, just to kind of briefly explain your basal body temperature is going to be somewhere around 97, um, in the days before you ovulate. So the first half of your cycle before day 
let's just assume you ovulate on day 14, because that's like the typical day before that your body temperature is probably going to be somewhere around 97. And then you'll get a little temperature spike right when ovulation happens. And it'll spike up by like half a degree to one degree. And when you see that spike after that spike has happened, that's usually when you can tell, okay, I've ovulated and then your temperatures will kind of stay elevated a little bit, um, until they dip down. It's your period's about to start. So everyone's body temperature charts going to look different. Not everyone's is going to follow the exact same pattern, but that's just mm-hmm. kind of the general rule of thumb that you should be looking for, um, on it. And we'll share more resources about how to use this later because it can be kind of complicated, but, um, and then like Liv said, there's your cervical mucus as well, which if you don't know technical term, that's basically just means discharge. So it can differ in consistency throughout your cycle. So it might be more watery, more sticky, depending on what part of your cycle you're in. Again, we'll share more resources on that later because it can be kind of complicated and a lot to dive into in one episode, but fertility awareness method is just a natural form of birth control. You track the different signs of fertility to kind of predict when you're going to ovulate. And it's actually the most comprehensive way to know exactly where you're at in your cycle. Mm -hmm. And it's 99% effective when it's used properly. And just a little disclaimer, it'll probably take a few cycles to get used to how this works. Like I've been using it for, I guess, a little under a year now. And I feel pretty confident in using it now. Like I know what to expect. Um, I kind of know what's normal for my body and what's not. So it'll take probably a few months for you to kind of get into the swing of things and know what looks normal for you. But once you do, it's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. And honestly, not that much work. In my opinion, I don't think it's that bad. I literally just wake up, take my temperature. The app does the rest for me. Um, And then if I notice anything, I'll log it um, like a symptom or something like that. But Liv and I both use this method and we really love it because it allows us to become more in tune with our bodies and our cycles. Um, and just kind of, like I said, know what looks normal for us, which I did not know when I was on the pill because that was kind of like a mask for, for a normal cycle. So now I know what my normal cycles actually look like. Yeah. And the other thing is that the fertility awareness method is really only accurate and usable when you are ovulating, correct? Because if you're not ovulating, then you're not, you're not able mm-hmm. to use all of these signs to understand. So yeah, we, we didn't really talk much about the effects of coming off the pill because that's a whole can of worms that I know a lot of people talk about, but a lot of women, when they come off of the pill, experience the symptoms that made them go on the pill, they experience harder PCOS, harder endometriosis symptoms, acne, weight gain, heavy periods, like basically everything comes back for them. Um, at a much stronger amount than what they previously experienced, why they went on the pill. So a lot of the times going off the pill can be very hard for women and very scary for women, as well as it takes a while just because your body has been, your body hasn't been communicating your hormones, your ovaries, your brain, they haven't been talking. You haven't been producing your own hormones. So coming off of the birth control pill, you're basically saying body figure out what to do when you haven't been doing it for five, six, seven years. So Mm -hmm. that being said, I know we really didn't dive into it that much and we can dive into it more at a later episode or for some resources, but 
Now I'm going to explain a little bit how to support your body, whether you are on the birth control pill or you are coming off of it. And basically the conclusion of when you are coming off the pill, you just need to support your body and search to find the root cause of the reason you even went on the pill. So let's say you went on the pill because you were having acne, um, and heavy periods. Okay. Hormonal imbalance. Um, now that you're getting off the pill, those symptoms could come back because the pill was just suppressing them. So now your first goal should be to, first of all, just let your body kind of get back in the swing of things, but to find that root cause that birth control was covering up. Um, so how can you support your body, whether you are on the pill, off the pill, coming off the pill, and a little bit worried about what your body is going to do as I was very worried about what was going to happen to my body when I came off the pill. So the unfortunate truth is that when you are on the pill, you can't balance your hormones because you're not producing your own hormones. So how can you balance hormones that you're not producing? So that is just the unfortunate truth of it, but you can support other aspects of your body when you're coming off the pill or you're off the pill, you can then balance your hormones and support your hormones because you are starting to produce your own hormones. Even though once you come off the pill, it could take a little bit for you to produce hormones. So here's what you can do. Some action items. If you're wanting to support your body one, regulate your blood sugar by eating balanced meals full of fats, proteins, carbs, fibers, greens. We dive into this in previous episodes, your metabolic health and your blood sugar are the basis of your hormones and how they are functioning. Um, our hormones need fats, saturated fats to be specific are vital for our hormones to grow and function. So having really yummy, great fats in your meals, when you're um, trying to balance your body is great. Eating balanced meals, keeping our blood sugar happy. Second thing, eat hormone healthy foods that are high in mineral and nutrients to name a few raw carrot salad is the crave right now because it carrot literally binds excess estrogen and helps it come out of your body. And we talked about how the pill induces estrogen dominance. So really quickly, how to make a raw carrot salad. If you've never made one, grate your carrot, put some salt, put some apple cider vinegar, put some extra virgin olive oil and eat the raw carrot. Simple as that. Add that into your routine every single day, five days a week. You're already helping your hormones, other important foods, liver, liver pills, avocado, healthy fats, fish and seafoods like oysters, sprouts, root and tuber vegetables. Those are your carrots, your parsnips, um, your beets again, beets. Cause they support the liver. And I just freaking love beets, mushrooms, sea salt, eggs. Those are all nutrient dense foods that support your hormones, your liver, all the good things that we need. Next thing, remove xenoestrogens which are basically estrogen mimicking things that, um, can create estrogen dominance and kind of take over your body, how the pill does and produce synthetic hormones and make your hormones go crazy. Where are xenoestrogens found in plastic? Stop using plastic. First of all, bad for the environment. Second, plastic has xenoestrogens, which are not good for our body. Another thing is receipts receipts, like receipts, you get at a store receipts, you get at a fast food place. Those contain hormone mimicking things in them. So try not to touch your receipts. If you're really, if you're really dedicated to this, <laughs> uh, I like now like grab it with my sleeve. I'm like, I do not need a receipt. 
<laughs> they probably are like, who is this crazy girl? But I'm oh not God, getting funny. these, you know, estrogens on me. You can also, so many places will let you like get your mm-hmm. receipt emailed to you now or whatever texted. So, or just say you don't need one if you don't need one. Yeah, but- that's what I do as well. But when they give it to me, I'm like, eat. Um, the other thing is skincare products, which is a whole another can of worms, but skincare products, try non-toxic, see what's in your skincare products. A lot of them have hormones that you don't need. Next thing, support your liver through food and things. The food that I just said above, especially beets, um, and then castor oil packs. If you've never heard of castor oil packs, we will post resources for them. Basically castor oil, you put on a pack on a flannel, put it over your liver We know that liver is our master detox organ. It is what escorts and binds hormones that are, that we don't need anymore out of our body. So it's important to support our liver. Next thing, focus on your gut health. As you heard above, the pill really affects our gut and how it functions. So drink bone broth, heal and seal the lining of your gut, eat slowly, chew your food, be thankful for your food, eat in a relaxed state, all the good things for your gut. Last thing. Most important, this tip could be applied to literally every aspect of your life is reduce and control your stress. This is a huge one. You really need to get your body into relaxation mode more often, whether that means meditating, journaling, whether that means going on a walk, spending time with loved ones, doing deep breathing, being more conscious and understanding of how you're feeling in moments, trying to reduce your stress. Um, will do great things for your body. And especially when you are coming off birth control and your body's already a little bit stressed out on the environment you're putting it in. So those are what you can do. If you are on birth control, if you're off birth control, if you're coming off of it and you're wanting to support your body, you really need to support your hormones, your liver, your digestive system. And you can do so many of these things with easy, free lifestyle practices, like reducing stress, or just try to cater your meals and your food more to a nutrient dense diet. So that was a lot of information. I hope that was helpful to people to understand what birth control does and how there is hope there's other options. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was great. Super informative. Um, good reminder of all the things that I forgot that I used to not know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, this was a lot of information. We are going to share lots of supplemental resources on our stories, on our Instagram, be sure to be on the lookout for those. We're also going to do a birth control pill Q and a, um, on our stories. So if you've listened to this episode and you still have questions, mm-hmm. look out for that, please, please, please submit your questions. We'll be happy to answer them more because we know that this is just like a really big topic and we could talk so much more about this. Um, so let us know what other questions you have. What do you want to know? Yes. Thanks for listening and we will see you all next week.